Welcome to week one of Blessed, uh, and I'm so thankful that you are here. Some of you passed the test. Like you didn't know it, but on your way into church today, I was hashtag testing you. Like I asked many of you the question, how are you doing? And you all pretty much did exactly the same thing that the person behind you or the person before you did. You, you responded with one of the common answers that we usually give. Like almost 95% of the people I asked said, good, or well, or excellent. One word answers, simple answers, ones that you'd expect over and over again. Only once today have I gotten terrible. And I'm like, honest, thank you. I mean, I've asked the question of thousands of people throughout my lifetime. When you walk into church, as you leave church, can people come into my door of my office when I get together with family and friends? It's just a common greeting. How are you doing today? And usually those responses are very, fairly similar, but you probably know this. There are certain people in your life who have their, their go-to answers that are not the norm. They're a little bit more than one word. Like my good friend, Pastor Ski, some of you maybe know him. You maybe were here when... Uh, have been members here when he was here, his response always to that question, how you doing, Ski? Better than I deserve. Every time. And sometimes he asks me in return, how are you doing? I'm like, better than you deserve. (laughs) And that usually stops him for a little while. We had a member at 922 who no longer is a member here, but but every time he would come to to worship, he'd come to serve, uh, I'd ask him, how you doing today? And his response was always the same. It was pretty good for a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday. The day would change, but the phrase was the same. Pretty good for a blank. And my wife has an uncle who, to every time you'll ask him, how are you doing, Uncle Scott? His response is, blessed. Like, and I know what he means by it, but sometimes I just want to poke a little bit and say, are you sure? Why do you say that? Like, why is that your response to how are you doing? And I don't, because I probably don't want to hear it, because <laughs> I think I know it. But I think everyone would agree when he says that, whether you're a neighbor, a friend, a family member, that, that in that response to how are you doing, would this would be true. We would all agree with this if you're taking notes. It's kind of what I want you to think about today as we get into week one. Being blessed. Like that response, I'm blessed. This whole concept of hashtag blessed. Being blessed is a good thing, right? Like, would all of you agree? Like any of you who are on social media and you have friends who hashtag this, that, and another thing, like you probably have had a friend who brought home a baby and they maybe used the hashtag as a part of their celebration and their introduction to their friends, hashtag blessed. Like people talk about being blessed when they graduate from from high school or or college and are moving forward in life. People would hashtag blessed on their social media posts when they get a new job, when they buy a new house, when they get good news about something going on in their life. We all understand and would agree that being blessed is a good thing. 
But the way the world hashtags it and uses it is an overused thing. Like for many people, it's become so overused that when people do it and use it and say it, it's almost like you're humble bragging, not too, truly being thankful for, for the blessing that you have. And, and that's why I want you to, to have this in mind and understand what we're going to talk about today. Like we use the phrase blessed in our life to refer to things like health and financial resources. We, we use the, the word blessed when we have friends and family and people in our lives. But, but here's the thing, if that's what you mean by blessed, money can be lost and gone. Your health can be taken away from you in the snap of a finger. Like family and friends, as great as they are, sometimes they move. They're no longer here. Like, they're maybe no longer literally on earth because they passed away. Like, if, if material things, our possessions, our, our circumstances of life are the things that make us blessed, those are good things, and being blessed is a good thing, but, but my friends, that's not enough. That's not what true blessing from God is all about. They are from God, but being blessed is not just a good thing. The blessings we're going to talk about in this series are, are much more than that. And I think my uncle knows that and uses the phrase because of that. And, and even though he's been blessed in this life, he, he, like many Christians throughout the pages of scriptures who might say blessed, understood that things and, and life, we can be blessed and those are good things, but there's so much more to it. King David would be one of those. Like King David, who, who literally lived 3,000 years ago, understood that being blessed was a good thing. He said, and went in and sat before the Lord and, and talking to the Lord, said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? This country boy from Bethlehem, this youngest of, of all the siblings, who rises up through the ranks, becomes a hero for slaying the giant, uh, endures the king's attacks, becomes the king himself, has palaces and armies and wealth and money and everything the world could offer. King David knew that being blessed is a good thing, but King David knew that really being blessed is not just about good things. Being blessed was a God thing. Like at the end of the section in his prayer and conversation with, the, with God, he said, now be pleased to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, Lord, have spoken and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. Like the blessing David was talking about was not just about his palace, his country, his kingdom. He was talking about God's kingdom that reigned forever through Jesus Christ. Now that, my friends, is what being blessed by God is all about. And that's what this series is going to be all about. Like being blessed is a good thing, but if you're taking notes for the next three weeks, I want you to see that being blessed, and I put it in all caps for a reason, being blessed to make it stand out from how the world will use it, being blessed is a God thing. It is a God thing. King David knew it. It is a God thing. He wants us to know it. Being blessed is a God thing, which is why for the next three weeks, we're going to go back to 1,500 years before Jesus was born. We're going to go back 3,500 years from where we are today and see God literally say that and speak that 
and ask for his people to, to hear that. See, the words that we use at the end of every service, what we call the blessing or the benediction, go back that far. They go back to, to God and his people, to Moses and Aaron, having just left Egypt and wandering in the desert. Which many people who were probably seeing them wander around aimlessly in the desert for 40 years had to wonder, you are not blessed. <laughs> like the food you're eating every day, that manna that comes down six days, set aside enough for the seventh day, like could you imagine eating the same thing, like manna, like bread, for 40 years? Like I could probably eat pizza just about every day of the week for about 40 years if you have different toppings, but it would get old after a while. Like steak, potatoes, every once in a while makes my heart happy. But their food had to have been awful. <laughs> like they're wandering aimlessly. The nations might have laughed at them. And so in the middle of all that, God told Moses to tell Aaron, who was the high priest, to do this. Let people know that being blessed is a God thing. It's one of the spiritual blessings that God gives to us. The Apostle Paul says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So in this series, we're going to see those spiritual blessings found in the blessing. And here's that blessing 1,500 years ago as God inspired Moses to write it, found in the book of Numbers. Numbers is one of those books we oftentimes stop at. Like there's a census taken. There's a whole bunch of rules, a whole bunch of this is how the priest should dress and what they should wear, and you probably stop reading your Bible in a year when you get to Numbers early on. If you missed out on where the blessing is, it's in Numbers 6, verses 22 to 27. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they, Aaron and the Levites, will put my name on them and I, this is God speaking, I will bless them. 500 years ago, Martin Luther, when he developed and wrote up what is commonly known as the divine liturgy for the Lutheran church, he brought the the blessing, the benediction into it to hear on a weekly basis these words from God as God's people go out into the world. And you know how important that is? That as you leave this place, you go with God and his blessing because the world, God wants to, you to hear that he blesses because the world is a mess. Life is hard. The things that you are going to face on the outside of these walls are going to tempt you to believe that the ultimate blessings, that being blessed is all about things, what you accumulate, what you have, how popular you are, how many likes you have on social media, and all those things, my friends, are not what it means to be blessed from a spiritual perspective. And they do not last. So for the next three weeks, we're going to look at three phrases of the blessing and we're going to see that in those words, some amazing things that God wants you to have, hold on to, remember, and celebrate, and truly appreciate that you are blessed. Now, before we get into today's, I just want to have you keep a few things in mind about the overall blessing, because if we're going to shrink it down to one little phrase each and every week, I want you to, to, to truly see it all together, which is why I just had it on the screen. If we can go back to it and put it up there, that'd be great. You see the name for the Lord that's used? That's his, his saving name, his compassionate and gracious God name, his special name in the Old Testament, the great I Am. 
God wanted the name spoken over his people to be the one that they would hear over and over again, oh, how he loves us, like we just sang. It's said three times, literally, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And while the blessing of God reminds us that he is one God who gives us all these things, God is also triune. The Bible is filled with reminders of the triune God in the Old and New Testament, like holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so what we're going to do and unpack in this series as we look at it is take each one of those phrases and see the unique work of one person of the the Trinity as a part of the united Godhead. So we're going to talk Father and how he blesses us, Son, and how we are blessed in Jesus and Holy Spirit. Unique flavor to the blessing that has definitely got the Trinity in it by the three times being repeated. The last thing I want you to see as you see it all together is the last phrase. This is not a wish. Like sometimes you've heard pastors say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And it can be understood correctly. But God is not making a wish here. He's not saying it is a might here. It's not saying that it depends anything on you. No, God is making a promise here. This is what God does. This is what he wants you to hear. This is what he wants you to know. That as you go out, as you hear this from God, he will do it. That's how good, how big, how loving God is. So let's get into the first phrase. And here it is. You saw it on the screen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Like the the word bless in and of itself covers the entirety of of what is being spoken here. So the the first real blessing is found in the, the second to last word in that phrase, God's keeping Like, maybe you're wondering, what does that mean that one of God's greatest blessings is his keeping? Like, some of you keep animals in your backyard, like chickens and things like that. You might have keeping in mind. Like, I keep things uh, that I want to hold on to. So maybe we have the wrong connotation of what it means that God promises to keep you. Well, maybe moms can relate to this today. Those of you who've had your kids grow up like I do, there are certain days where I think my wife would just love to be able to keep her kids at home. But they're growing up now, and that lasts about two days when they're home. Love you guys. But when you think of keeping, like, closeness, like you're holding, pulling someone in, keeping is about protection. Moms, right? You you keep your kids close to you to protect them. Like, and maybe that helps you have the connotation of what God is promising here is keeping. The Lord bless you and keep you. God the Father wants you to hear his promise and be assured of his blessing that as you go out into the world, as you live your life, he will keep you and does keep you. In two ways, physically, spiritually. That's God the Father's keeping. Like Martin Luther summed it up this way. Like, remember the first article? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, the giver of life, the creator of all. That's the Father. That's God. His role, what he does uniquely, Martin Luther summed up this way. If we go to the first explanation of the first article, I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he's given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, all my members, my reason, and all my senses. And... Here's his keeping, still preserves them that he richly and daily provides me with food and clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that I need to support this body and life. Physically, God and his promise, his, his blessing to you and to me is that he does that. 
He does that by giving you body, soul, eyes, ears, talents, and strengths. Like if you want to celebrate God's keeping today, if you've ever wondered about the blessings of God, just look right now at your hands, that they work, that they're holding a bulletin and taking notes, that God's blessed you with eyes to see the screen and join in songs of praise, that he gave you feet and the ability to, to get here today, that he's given you strengths and talents and abilities to earn a living so that you can take care of yourself, clothe yourself, feed yourself, feed your family, help others. Like, that's God's keeping. You might think you are the most talented person in the world with the greatest abilities in the world, but those have come from God. Which is in keeping with his promise to bless and keep you. You know why sometimes we struggle with, with God's keeping? We sometimes forget that it's the daily providing. Like God doesn't keep us the way we want to be kept with all the extras. Like God doesn't keep me like he keeps my neighbor with all the extra toys. So maybe, just maybe today, and I know it's Mother's Day, but when you go home today, whether you're young or old, go Look around your house at all the stuff. Like, count the TVs. Look at the shelves. Look in your closet. Consider how many times in your life you've had garage sales to purge because you have so much. <laughs> and humbly celebrate that you are blessed in the spiritual way by God's physical keeping. Like, God is amazing. And he keeps us. And yet in this sinful world, bodies break and health declines and possessions rust, which is why remembering that his keeping is far more than just physical blessing and providing. It's, it's guarding and protecting us from all evil. Like spiritually, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, Jesus wanted you to remember and ask for God to keep you in specific ways that are all spiritual like, look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. The disciples say, teach us how to pray. And he starts with the words, our Father, the work of the Father, the Keeper. He said this, if we, as we look at Matthew uh, and Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount on prayer, this is how you should pray. Pray to our Father in heaven. And in these petitions, six of them spiritual, one of them physical. See how many of them, did you know this, that when you're praying the Lord's Prayer, you're actually praying for God to keep you spiritually and physically? Like to keep you spiritually, your kingdom come. That's not Jesus' return. That's God come, Father, reign in my heart. Keep me in faith. Send your spirit to strengthen me. Work on my heart through the means of grace to keep me spiritually. Like make my heart your dwelling place, Heavenly Father. Keep me <laughs> faithful and full of faith. Give us today our daily bread. We pray for God's keeping to give us today what we need for today, the, the, the needs, the daily bread. Not daily wants, not all the asks, what we need. And then we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Like literally God the Father, you know how he keeps you? 
Like, he doesn't stop temptation from happening. You live in a sinful world. When you leave this place, you know how messy it is? Like, it's hard to remember that you are blessed. You're going to face challenges and temptations. But you know what God says as you walk out into the world? One of my ways of help keeping you spiritually is to provide a way out in every temptation. It might be a friend. It might be your parents and their advice. It might be the book as you read it. It it, it might be... All sorts of things that God makes a promise that he will keep you by providing a way out for you when tempted. And the ultimate keeping of God that we pray for, that he'll one day deliver us home to heaven. And our prayer is, Lord, keep us in the faith. Heavenly Father, keep us spiritually strong until the day we breathe our last. When we'll experience the ultimate deliverance and enjoy the eternal keeping by your side. Like, I know all too often we forget the amazing love of God that, and the keeping that he does. We get consumed by tomorrow. My friends, Jesus said, tomorrow has enough worries of its own, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, referring to God, his Father. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, what you need, tomorrow's will be taken care of. All these things will be given to you as well. Trust his keeping, Jesus said. Celebrate his keeping which maybe just maybe is what I want you to just remember from this verse. I I know in some ways this series is going to be so basic to some of the others we have done here. But being truly focused on the fact that we are blessed is life-changing. Do not minimize that. Do not forget it. Maybe this week, can I convince you each and every day at some point in your week, like I love to to start each day praying, Lord, thank you for what you did for me in my baptism. Lord, thank you for what I know you'll do for me one day in heaven. But right in the middle of that sandwich, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for me today. That's his keeping. Like this week, as you pray to God, celebrate maybe beginning and end of the day for keeping you. See how he kept you. Like how many times has he not sent his angels guarding you to, to keep you safe in all your ways that you don't know about? Like the amazing keeping of God Physically and spiritually, brothers and sisters, I want you to remember this, celebrate this. As you hear the blessing now and going forward, remember one of the greatest blessings of the Father, the Father's keeping, is the fact that we are blessed. You can go ahead and fill it in in your blanks. The Father's keeping makes us blessed on a day-to-day basis and will for eternity. The Apostle Paul knew it to be true. He said this, as he wrapped up a book when he was in jail, when things would not have been called uh, blessings for him, people would not have said he is blessed. He said, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will keep you, the apostle Paul said. He'll provide for you. He, he will keep you spiritually. So to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Which made me think about one of those people who whose answer to my question, how are you doing? <laughs> and God's keeping. Like as I wrote that sermon, that, that introduction was done on Monday. That man I talked about who every time you asked him was named Roger Bierman. He served here at St. Peter for many years. He volunteered in many ways. He lived across the road. He's parent of, of members of ours here. Roger moved to Arizona a few years ago. I remember every time he'd come on a Thursday night to help with communion. Roger, how are you doing? Pretty good for a Thursday. And I wrote that introduction on Monday. 
And on Tuesday, as I was literally writing my conclusion, Pastor Jim came in my office and said, Steve Pop called, his father-in-law, Roger, passed away this morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Roger knew and appreciated that he was blessed by God throughout his life. And as God promised and blessed him each and every week through those words, on Tuesday, God kept and fulfilled that promise to him by taking him home. And I wonder if when Roger opened his eyes and saw Jesus and God face to face for the first time and Jesus said, Roger, how are you doing? Really good for a Tuesday. <laughs> or maybe he responded, blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessing, which involves our keeping. Like, just honestly, Lord, I don't think about it often enough. Like, every last thing on my shelf, the gifts and talents and strengths I have, the family and friends that surround me, like, I am blessed. We're all blessed. But the greatest things about being blessed are not just the good things. We're blessed because blessings are God things. And you promise to bless us in every spiritual way. May this blessing over the next three weeks remind us of of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how truly we are blessed that some of God's greatest blessings are some of the most simple but important ones. And so thank you, Father, today, simply because you promised to bless, and you, you do by keeping, keeping us physically and spiritually 